it's uh, good to be here with you. Yeah, thanks for coming over. You're my first guest. Uh, just heads up, we got an apartment in Amsterdam. Nice. Here. God, we've been here two months now for work. And wow. you're the first guest here, and the sun is shining. Well, yeah. it was, and then it wasn't, and now it is. <laughs> Goes through stages. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Welcome to the Netherlands. Thank you very much. So ah. tell me about your. We got some <laughs> background ba- background fans <laughs> there. We got some Ewoks that are not sure what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, how? There we go. <laughs> oh, he's so sad. Yeah. He just wants to go on our laps. <sighs> I know. So it's been a it's been a long journey, I'm sure, for both of us getting here. But from your from your side, how was the journey getting here? What is so, what did it look like? <laughs> wait, you're a Dutch citizen. You're half Dutch, half South African. So you have both passports. Is yes. that Right. Okay. Yes. You lucky bastard. Yeah. Oh my so God. I've been told. So I've been told. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, we moved here September second. We had everything set up by my company. Okay. Um, so like it wasn't hard to get here. You know, yeah. if someone's here to relocate to Amsterdam. From the United States on their own without any help from a company, I don't recommend it. <laughs> like you can do it, but I just don't recommend it. They did everything for immigration, etc. But I think actually you were the first one I told, um, and this was like back in May, I think. Was, was it, it May, May of this year, 2021? Oh my word, yeah. And I saw that you were in Amsterdam. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, uh, hi Josh, I might actually be moving there because I'm interviewing with like four companies. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you were just like, hi, cool, I'll be here. <laughs> but you were the only person, you're the first person I told. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to tell you too much, you know, be all dramatic. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, do, I do remember that very clearly. And I actually think we connected just before I left for Amsterdam. I think I was, I still in South Africa. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think initially. Yeah. And then I connected with you and we started chatting. And then I remember I got to Amsterdam. I settled and I was like, you know what? Fuck, let's just, let's record a podcast together. Because yeah. um, I enjoy, I enjoy chatting to like-minded people and just people that are very like authentic in the space and enjoy yeah. the same things that I do, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a wild journey getting here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yours was actually, like, <laughs> I don't know how far in depth we can go in yours, but, like... So, yeah. I'll, give the, I'll yeah. give the brief, I'll give the brief, uh, the brief summary. So, I, obviously, I was, I just finished studying in South Africa, and um, I wanted, I've always wanted to come over to Europe and explore and work here, so I decided... So, COVID was the perfect time. COVID was the perfect time. <laughs> COVID just... It just was like the beacon of light going into this. No, quite, quite the opposite. So, so I arrived in February and it was like it was snowing. It was the coldest weather I've ever experienced in my life. I went from thirty degrees Celsius oh, weather. Relate. So I don't know what that is. Yeah. That's like a hundred, hundred degrees in Fahrenheit yeah. maybe, to maybe minus nine degrees, and it was nuts. And I was in this apartment with this creepy creepy older guy <laughs> we shall rename yeah. nameless but shame yeah. he, I, bless him he actually helped me out in the beginning and he gave me a place to stay and i was pretty desperate in the beginning because there was not many places open so i needed a place to stay welcome to amsterdam right? yeah there's like a shortage of housing you can't do yeah. anything and then it's important for people to know i think you have to register an address in order to like be in like the system and get all your paperwork set and all that. So yeah. you had to put up with this creepy guy yeah. that was nice at times. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice at times. But anyway, won't go too far into that story now. Maybe maybe somewhere down the line we'll yeah. go into that. But um, 
he he allowed me to uh, use his address to uh, get registered here. That gave me, I'm sure you've been through this as well, but that gave me the bank accounts and yes. that gave me access to this amazing city. Um, did you get your digi, like your electronic digi yeah, yeah, that as well? Okay. Yeah, so got that, got all of that. You know, there was like a, so for anybody who's listening who is thinking of moving over, I will basically tell you the process that you need to go through. It's arrive, register your address, right? Well, go to immigration. Okay, go to immigration if you don't have a passport. Yeah. Uh, then register your address, get a bank account, get your digi D or dicky yeah. D or however you say it. There's a lot of steps in between. There's a lot of steps. Like, yeah. Josh is very much. Sorry, like, sorry. Yeah. So what else would you? What else would you add in that mixture? Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe that fact <laughs> that you can't. So you had to bring a ton of cash over. True. Because true. what yeah. they say is that, and like we got lucky. We had an immigration appointment our second day. So our second day of getting here, yeah. this is like a nine hour difference, right? We had a 10 hour flight. So the day after we get here, we're freaking zombies. Where are you from, and by the way? We're from San Diego, There California. we go, just adding yeah. context. So Southern California, <laughs> just so people it's know. It's a long way. <laughs> yeah, it's a 10 hour flight and then it's a nine hour difference, right? Mm. So you're just like, you're totally jet lagged. Like you have no idea what's going on, where you are. You're in a foreign country. Cool, I'm gonna take like the subway and it's probably gonna take me or the metro gonna take me five different ways until i get to where i need to go yeah but we yeah. got an appointment like two days after thank god we did but taylor asked me a million times and he goes hey he's probably gonna be in the background like saying something but um, he's, he's there yeah, somewhere he's totally, he's totally here listening. <laughs> um, but what happened was he goes oh do you do i need to like take a photo you think and i was like nah nah like you don't have to take a photo it's fine <laughs> so we get there and they're like okay now we're gonna take your photo that's gonna be on basically your five-year um passport yep. dutch card this is gonna be <laughs> you for the next five years yeah, yeah, yeah. this <laughs> expression exactly. is exactly gonna... <laughs> and you know the worst part is that like i saw mine i saw taylor's mine <laughs> is just horrendous taylor looks good like i'm down with taylor's picture yeah. Good stuff. So, hope you, hope yeah. he's hearing that somewhere there in the background. Hyping background. my yeah. husband up. <laughs> yeah, so it turned out okay for him. Yeah. He did like a smoldering look and mine's just like, like, oh great. And yeah. But anyways, no idea what we signed. We signed away our life to the Dutch government probably. Yeah. But that's what happens. They have the appointment and you have to get this, like this, it's like a social security number in mm -hmm. America, we call it. What's it called? A BSN called, number. Yeah, 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 BSN. yeah, yeah. So you have to have this BSN number in order to even open a bank account, in mm -hmm. order to even sign up to have a digital ID, which is a big thing mm -hmm. in the Dutch government here. So you have to have that appointment first, get it, and then you go to your bank appointment, mm -hmm. right? And then you do that. So don't do then, it Don't do it before that, because why I'm saying that is because I was told yeah. that you could. So I originally... You were told you yeah. could get a bank account So I walked it? into ING... Uh, the bank account, yeah. And yeah. I've just like sort of pranced my way in there. Said, hey, I want to open up a account. Guys, guys like, sure, come sit down with me. Can I uh, have your BSN number? And I was like, what's a BSN number? And he literally he lo looked at me and he just laughed. And he said, if you don't have a BSN number, you cannot do anything here. So anyway, I'm just I'm just throwing yeah. that side story. But to carry, anyone carry who on. wants yes. to like, relocate, get your yeah. BSN, go to immigration. Yeah. There was some people that we met in our temporary housing. So mm -hmm. our company put us up for two months in temporary housing. It sounds worse than it is. I feel like it wasn't a temporary. Like, <laughs> I know. Sorry, it was I've got a really nice. I've got a very like when when we think of temporary housing in South Africa, we think of like the worst of like maybe like like this structure with four, four walls. like four walls and maybe a roof. No roof. And that's no roof. yeah. But anyway, 
carry on. So oh, temporary housing. Yeah. <laughs> so I had I had a very uh, I would say great experience relocating. Um, yeah. So they put us in this really nice hotel. It's uh, I can just say the name because I'm not there anymore. Yeah. So I'm, it was called the Wittenberg, mm-hmm. and Wittenberg for Americans. And it was a nice hotel, and they put us there for two months. And um, yeah, like basically you're just finding a home there. You're going to your appointments to get your BSN, to go to the bank to set it up and everything. And you're getting all this stuff set up. And you're also like starting to work, right? Mm -hmm. So like I think I had two weeks before I started my new job, which was enough time to see around, see the sites, well, more or less. Mm. Yeah. We have a lot to see still. (laughs) So we'll work on that. But yeah, basically what I'm saying is that if a company like pays for it and does it, it makes it a whole lot easier mm, because mm. it's not like on your dime. It's not, it's being scheduled by someone else. That's amazing. So, yeah. 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 But anyways, like you have to have a BSN and there's other things. So we can get into that. But yeah. basically like relocating to Europe, just make sure you know and you have some type of support. Mm. So yeah. it seems there's two parallels because I, I came, I feel like I came crashing into this country like rolling around yeah. in the in the deserts not knowing what's which way is up and you guys had a very smooth landing which is good yeah so and you're still here well for now yeah. but <laughs> yeah still here and still here to tell the tale which is which is pretty cool um but i mean we we connected through uh, i guess the power of like meat-based diets and mm-hmm. Uh, keto carnivore whatever you want to call it animal based there's so many different names i think we've decided meat based is sort of a good a good way of fleshing out the intricacies of the diet without pigeonholing ourselves into you know you have to be a carnivore or whatever but we've yeah we, we met and you know prior to us meeting i was pretty heavy on this idea that social media was very bad and i i think there's certain aspects of it that really I find still difficult within myself but for the most part meeting you has been and Taylor has been a great like blessing in my life coming here so that was that was awesome but how did you come to your own journey on the meat-based diet and how has it affected your life and you know I was like wow this seems so formal (laughs) (laughs) that Um, was not scripted by the way that was just thrown out there um yeah yeah, so I always uh, There's like so many different ways to go on a meat-based diet or carnivore or whatever. I'm probably in the thought, like I'm the thinker in this, what am I trying to say? I'm the thinker that wants to like ease into things Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like going cold turkey one way or the other is the best way to get what you want and it's going to be the worst way to maybe have it stick. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So what happened to me was I started out gluten-free like seven years ago. And I was like, you know what? I was dating Taylor. We just started dating. We started going out, eating more, and like eating bread and stuff, which was not really a normal part of my diet when I was, you know, single. It was like, yeah. okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> I gotta stay slim, gotta stay, you know. So I didn't eat like a lot of bread and like sugary stuff because it wasn't part of my diet. So I start like we have French toast and like all these different delicious things, <laughs> pancakes, right? And I start feeling like super sick. And I mm. start getting these splitting migraines and like headaches that I've never had. And at this point, I think I'm 23. 
And I'm yeah. like, this is kind of weird. Like, this should not be happening when I'm this young. Yeah. And I was active. I was working out at 5 a.m. every morning. Wow, yeah. that was a different time. <laughs> um, and then basically I was like, went to a doctor, got all these tests done and stuff. And they really just did a gluten test and like were like, oh, you're not, um, you don't have celiacs or something. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I have celiacs. Yeah, it's, like, not, it's not that bad. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think it's that. I'm just saying, like, can food, I remember asking the question, can food make me feel like this? Mm. Because everything's been consistent. So then you kind of start wondering, but no one ever teaches you at a younger age that, hey, if you eat shitty food, you can feel mm. it. You know, like, that's not really yeah. part of our learning. Yeah. Right? So I went gluten-free, and, and got rid of it. And just to go oh, back yeah. to that, yeah, yeah. so they were... They didn't really they they didn't really have an answer for no. you in terms of the food can so that's just, okay. He just yeah. said he literally said to me the uh, allergist what's the allergist doctor because I went to yeah. a specialist yeah and he ran all the tests and he was like he told me he goes cut out gluten and see if it makes you feel better yeah. and I said okay yeah. I'm miserable <laughs> and also anxiety mm. first time in my life at 23 because I was eating those foods the anxiety set in which yeah. I had never experienced. Which kind of felt like dying. Yeah. That sounds very dramatic. But it was like my first experience with anxiety. Mm. And I was kind of like, what? Like something's happening here? I don't know. So anyways, after, oh, and the brain fog. Mm. Like I felt like I wasn't performing or I felt like I just wasn't clear. Like, have you had brain fog before? It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, it's, it's the strangest, like, it's the strangest feeling because... You, you just do not feel like yourself and you feel mm-hmm. like everything's like a bit behind, you know, you feel like yeah. a bit, it literally brain fog it's, is the it's best kind explanation. It's like a hangover yeah. in a way, like when you're hungover or yeah. when you're sick. An unwittingly, an unwitting hangover that just happens to you for nothing. Yeah, exactly. But it turns out it's the foods you're eating, which is the crazy, exactly. which makes, you know, back to what you were saying, it, it, it makes complete sense to me because if you think about it, alcohol, which is like toxic. Yeah. Um, you drink it with the expectation that you know the next day you're gonna have a hangover, right? Yeah. Why is that not the same for food? You know, yes. if you, people ask me all the time, like, why don't you eat bread? And I say, the best way I can describe it is I think of think of bread for me as like alcohol, in the sense that eating it has the same response yeah. as alcohol. I literally have a carb hangover the next day, a wheat yeah. hangover. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? So it's oh, the yeah. best way to describe it to people I find. It's the best yeah. way to relate to people is most people just don't understand. They don't know what it feels like to or feel. Yeah. what I would have heard is that when I do say something similar like that, mm. always the response I get, and I'm not really sure why, because yeah. you can't experience it like yourself, but they're like, that's just because you haven't eaten gluten and bread in a while. Yeah. And I'm like, no, bitch. Um, I will eat meat like all the time. So that tell me why that doesn't happen with a steak. Yeah. Tell me why that doesn't happen with, you know, whole foods, like exactly. whole vegetables and meat. I was told like, I was bullshit. told by like pretty like close people to me that it's because I haven't been eating bread that yes. I developed an intolerance to it because I haven't been eating it. So yeah. So their paradigm is in order to eat bread, you need to be eating a lot of it so yes. you develop a tolerance to tolerance, it. So you never, like, I get the logic, so I understand yeah, the logic yeah, yeah, behind the, it. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I have never eaten a steak and felt like shit. No. Like, unless you're literally a vegetarian who hasn't eaten steak in a mm-hmm. long time, your body will need to be reintroduced to it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But, like, the whole argument for that. So that's something that kind of, like, gets me going yeah. because I've heard that so much. And I'm like, dude, like really like okay eat some steak are you gonna get a hangover and have brain fog and have all these symptoms the next day yeah probably not and people don't realize like the 
it's such a cheesy thing to say because I've seen these like very cheesy Instagram yeah. posts like, you know, this is what good health looks and feels like. Yeah. But it literally is. It's like when you when you're eating good and you feel good, it's very hard to go back yes. to feeling like shit. It's like mm-hmm. seeing the light and and knowing what it feels like. It, it's oh, yeah. it's it, you want to get back to that place and the only way for me, I mean, it might not be for everyone, and we can touch on this at various stages, but everyone is different. But for, for us at, the mo- at this time, we yeah. thrive on predominantly eating meat in our diet. Yeah, you know? and that's through experience, which I think, and I will say, going back to like the first thing, cutting out the gluten, mm-hmm. I felt so much better. So since I did that, I continue to not eat gluten up until today. Yeah. Like, yeah. unless it was... <laughs> Like deliberately eating a something that was gluten-full. Do you know what I mean? That's so, like your choice because you want to enjoy it in that yes, moment and it's like a special exactly. occasion. Yeah. But yeah, that, what happened then, I was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> I never want to go back to eating gluten again. Yeah. It felt so good. So then what happened was I was like, oh, later on, I, I think I mentioned this to you previously. I'll mention it on here as well. Like We'll link it the, in the description. The stuff that, yeah. <laughs> the stuff that, <laughs> we'll link another podcast video to describe this. But basically like, so I went gluten free and then like, I ended up hurting my knee. And mm. this was like during a time when I was working out a lot. I was running. I always say I was wearing ultra. This is not like a dig on ultra shoes, but yeah. like I was wearing zero drop, like ultra running shoes. Okay. So like, for most running shoes, there's a little bit of like this, right? Where like it's like, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then for like ultras, they're flat. Like think of Converse, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was running in those. I was like running in the day. Or and that was a choice. That was yeah, a choice yeah, to, was, like, a to choice. like get the most natural oh, yeah. feeling out of it. Okay. Yeah. And this yeah. was like Taylor kind of influenced me a little bit to get ultra <laughs> shoes. <laughs> like because we were looking that up. And they were fine, but I was doing workouts in the morning. Like I was doing HIT, but not mm. like more like body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening, I was running with Taylor, and we had just moved into like a new place together, and it was great, right? We loved it. Yeah. One day, I'm doing some like stretch, just a normal thing, and I just hear my knee, and like I'm just like, holy, cr-. like literally the worst pain I ever felt, and I'm like, oh my god, I just, I just pulled, I just tore my meniscus, like for sure, like I tore it for sure. Yeah. So I end up having a girls' night that night. It's a Friday. Oh, and okay. worst time to tear your knee. No, listen, I go out. <laughs> yeah. I drink some tequila. Oh, there of course. we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And I freaking go out. And this is like four or five years ago. I would never yeah, do that now. Yeah. Um, and so we, I go out and I'm like, you know what? Like, maybe it's fine. And I'm like stepping. I'm like, no, it's not fine. This is not fine. <laughs> so I ice it when I get home. And then I remember waking up being like, holy shit. It's totally bruised, swollen. Yeah. I'm like, I tore my motherfucking meniscus. Like, I was convinced something happened. Make an appointment for the doctor because it was really painful. Anyways, this followed a series of um doctors orthopedic surgeons not finding anything different like mris you know like different ones where they would inject you with like metal or like the different light up fluid yeah yeah um like different specialized mris right and they'd be like you know what we didn't find anything finally um one of my doctors was like you know what i think you have some autoimmune shit going on and i'm like like, what does that mean yeah i was like this is awful what does this mean um, but that's quite interesting that he brought up autoimmune, right? Because it was like nothing in your knee is showing me through yeah. these tests yes. that it should be nothing's pulled, mm. nothing's torn. Mm. So the amount of pain I was, it was really bad. Yeah. The amount of pain I was having, um, he's like, there must be some inflammation happening in your body, mm. basically. Yeah. So I'm like, 
okay. So he's like, I'm going to run a couple tests. You know, I'm not a specialist. I'm not a rheumatologist. I'm going to yeah. run a couple tests to see if then I can refer you to a rheumatologist. Yeah. And I think, okay, cool. So the first one is this antibody nuclear antigen test. It's called an ANA. Mm-hmm. And that's like the initial test they'll do. There's also like a C-reactive to see if there's inflammation in your body. So there's a couple yeah. blood tests you can do. Yeah. So my ANA at that time was like 300 over, I think it was. Wow. Um, well, this is all like relative. I think it has to be close to like 50 to be normal. And okay. mine was like 300, right? Yeah. I think. Anyways, if anyone knows about ANAs, if you get like a 300, <laughs> they're like, oh, this is like a, uh, like it's a sign yes. that something's happening. But yes. my C-reactive was normal for like the inflammation bit. So they're like, something might be happening. I yeah. don't really know. So it's like something specific. The C-reactive is like a general sort inflammation. of inflammation. Yeah, in your body. Which is good that that wasn't high. Yeah. Because then that's when you should, but it, there was something the specific. The ANA yeah. was positive and it was like tier 300 or something. Mm. So the, if you get an ANA positive, Usually what will happen is that means something autoimmune. This is what I've told. This is what I've been yeah, told. Yeah, yeah. Um, something autoimmune this is, is a good, going on. a good time to say we're not experts and <laughs> Yeah, we're not experts on this. This, this is, is just what, <laughs> This is firsthand but almost feels like secondhand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So then this like enters the whole slew of different um, specialists yeah. and like doctors. First time going through the medical system trying to figure this out. Send me to one specialist, you know, I went and got all of my, um, they thought it was PCOS maybe, so they sent me to a, uh, oh my gosh, a thyroid person? Yeah. What is, I don't even know the word. I wouldn't even know. Oh, endocrinologist, you, okay. sorry. Endo- went to an okay, endocrinologist, <laughs> did all my stuff. Good news is, is that all of my functions for my womanly uh, levels of hormones yeah. and everything are great. Vital functionings for for body is good. For having a baby, like my FSH, my LH, all those things are great. So I can have kids. Yeah. Awesome. And then they're like, this is not PCOS because one of these would have been weird or something. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, then he's like, you know what? I'm going to send you to a rheumatologist. Okay. So what's a rheumatologist? I still don't know this fucking day. Like I can't even tell you what it is, but basically... I can tell you rheumatoid arthritis is... Well, yeah, so it's the rheumatoid... It's the like... The, the, the arthritis that happens in like your bones, right? Or your so joints? So for the rheumatoid person, it's like your whole body, but they focus on autoimmune things. Oh, okay. okay. So like rheumatoid arthritis, like Michaela Peterson. Yes. That is an autoimmune disease, yeah. right? And autoimmune, just so if anybody that doesn't, it basically the general premise is your body's immune system attacks you. Yes. I just want to say, yeah. It's attacking yourself. It's literally just, that's the best way to describe it. Your yeah. body, your, your immune system doesn't know what's bad and what's good so it just attacks everything in its path yeah Yeah. and it can affect like different parts of it yeah um and then yeah so i go to her and she has some other tests so the ana at this point it's like two months later the ana now is positive but it's teetering on 600 so it went from 300 to tier 600 wow so i'm like okay am i just getting more stressed out like what's going on so then she goes i'm gonna do some like stuff around here and then she had like a thyroid antibody global goobin something test and it came up high okay so it was flagged high and she goes so look nicole you seem like up until this point you've been in really good health all your numbers for everything else are fine and you know whatever right nothing's really showing us anything you might later in life develop develop some type of thyroid and to um some type of thyroid autoimmune response okay however your thyroid function is normal so that's actually not going to affect it so i'm like she's basically telling me that at some point it will rear its head 
but for now it's not mm. affecting the actual function of things yeah yeah so i'm like huh that's interesting what? <laughs> i was like this is great news <laughs> so then thus begins the whole cycle of me um deciding to get surgery on my knee so do an arthroscopic just okay. see what's going on right because yeah. you can do those and yeah. like this was like i think eight months later of having knee pain crutches all this crap yeah um so i decided to do that and they ended up finding uh like this little piece of plica there's plica tissue in your knees okay and it kind of is in between the different joints yeah so what had happened is plica that was around my knee had been lodged in between my kneecap and my femur Oh my word. So the excruciating pain was that there is a ligament being pulled and like just causing that pain. Yeah. So they removed it and kind of cleaned up my meniscus as is, even though it wasn't, nothing was torn. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the important part. Yeah. Um, and so then like that was fine. I recovered, had a great recovery um, and that was fine. Right. So that was when I then decided, okay, like there's all this inflammation happening. I don't want to have my thyroid fucked up like any at any time so i started looking in the different diets uh for autoimmune of course who enters the conversation <laughs> but michaela peterson mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um there's other people i looked at for pcos as well and stuff like that mm. and what i had gathered was lower carb mm. higher fat and i'm like holy shit like i've been eating like low fat yogurt forever yeah and like yeah because that's avoiding... like the paradigm right yeah, that's just the like, way you... i've been avoiding butter yeah yeah. I mean, I do love butter, but I had yeah. avoided it, you know, mm. like, oh, this is not good, yeah, whatever. It's, it's fattening. Yeah, this is so fat, it's so fat, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's when that happened, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to go low carb, mm-hmm. and then I like kind of notched things up to going keto. Mm-hmm. Um, keto, I will say, was like 50, you limit 50 carbs a day as a mm-hmm. goal. I will tell you. And right was now, it like? Oh. Was it more like the nut? It was lots of. I'm guessing lots of nuts, butters, and that sort of keto, nuts, right? Vegetables. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. I would make two-hour dishes for yeah. Taylor and I. Yeah. And then you'd be like, "Oh my god, this is so creamy!" And like, <laughs> just I guess. <laughs> PSA. All the my fat. husband does not like dairy. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't process it well, so he's like. Oh, we're having a uh, mozzarella-covered chicken <laughs> with, uh, like, cooked in porcini cream sauce. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Yeah. It, it I'll just, just have the chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that didn't really last. And I used to do these elaborate recipes, like mm. zoodles mm-hmm. and, like, just anything you can imagine. We've all been like, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's the I've keto journey. It. <laughs> yeah. And it's so extreme. And then I was, like, yeah. looking at the app and I was, like, oh, no, I'm not at 25% this or, like, yeah. 30% fat or whatever. And, like, I just remember, like kind of feeling like the dieting that you do back in the day of calorie counting and wanting to be below a certain percent mm-hmm. and obsessing over like the uh, macro tracking yeah like yeah. I, I i hate that i think i've told you this yeah what do you think about that people that track i think it can definitely i'm a pretty compulsive person obsessive person sometimes and it can really get like obsessive like fasting and things like that it just gets yeah. to a point where you it, it just gets so hard to live a sort of a good life without with with having tracking yourself constantly it just it, yeah. it doesn't it's not very feasible unless you you're really into that which a lot of people are if you look on instagram but i mean if you, but yeah does that mean that those people that are tracking like crazy like i understand if you're starting a new diet mm-hmm. maybe you want to track to see yeah. what's in that and but, i still sometimes do it to be honest yeah. i still sometimes like to just see where i'm at and for reference yeah I'm not trying to lose weight at the moment. I've been like 
my calorie intake is probably about 2,500. I aim for that much. So I went on to keto gains, and this is even as a carnivore yeah. or meat-based person. I went on to keto gains, and they have this pretty cool calculator, which I'll link below in the description. But they basically, you, you put in what your goals are, and it tells you roughly how much calories you should be consuming. Mm. So mine is about 2,500 calories. And then... That sounds like so much. It does sound like a lot. And it is a but lot. But it's fat. Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah. And basically, all that did for me was it was nice because it just gave me a reference mm-hmm. to to sort of aim at. So I know how many steaks that is roughly and I know how much butter that is. And I know... So it, it, all it is is it can be a really useful tool as a reference, but I wouldn't get obsessive about it, you know? You mean like for just learning and initially like getting into things? Or yeah. Maybe one day I want to just put in a steak and be like, how much protein is actually yeah. in here? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And and not that they're accurate at all. I don't think any <laughs> yeah. like anything can know exactly how much you're eating. But I think when you're starting out, you know, on a, your meat-based journey, I think it is a good idea just to know how much you sort of roughly should be consuming because I've found that I did under-eat at stages. Mm-hmm. And then like my my sort of, you know, I once read this thing with Kevin Stock. He's this like pretty influential guy in the keto carnivore community. But he said, your body has different ways of telling you you're hungry or not. So if you're feeling a little bit anxious, or you're feeling a little bit, you could just be fucking hungry, but you are just so stressed that, you're, that you yeah. don't know you want to your eat. Your stomach's you know? not talking to you Your stomach's not yeah. letting you know that you need to be eating right now. So when I started Carnivore again for the second time, maybe at a later stage I'll explain how I got to it the first time. <laughs> yeah. But I started it the second time. I, I was sort of forcing myself a bit to eat. And I, it sounds oppressive, mm-hmm. but it... It was my body's way of of dealing, you know, with the sort of difficulty that I was going through. That's what I think, so to speak. I and so. and I was, you know, because I wasn't stuffing my face with shitty food. I was doing that with the carnival food. But the beauty is, is that I did not put on weight to the extent that I was like obese. Um, it made me full enough to not think about food for a long period of time. Yeah. So it did all of these like it had all of these like auxiliary benefits yeah. to it, you know, where. If you were trying to count calories, basically what I'm saying is if you were eating lots of carbs and you're trying to count calories, it would be very difficult to be in a stable state of mind, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, because I think that a lot of people, like, the reason I bring this up is because I think there's some people that get really obsessed. Mm. And, like, you definitely, I can tell the people that are very obsessed with like what they're eating and stuff and i think that it like what we were saying i think to an extent it will do more harm than good yeah for what you actually want it to do right um but i will say like you use in the beginning you figure out you know what you need to eat or what you should i've always just followed i eat till i'm full Mm. um and then usually like always have like beef jerky (laughs) in my bag like ready to go or like something back home oh yeah biltong biltong. yeah i always have that yeah um i thought it was blit built long blit long no it's biltong yeah what am i saying then there's a there's a little bit of a i must say i prefer biltong i Mm -hmm. find beef jerky a little bit too dry and a little bit too like what about like jerky sticks though yeah but i i like it a little bit Dare I say the word moist? Moist, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like a little bit. Moist. <laughs> there we go. I've said it. I like it a little bit, uh, like a little bit soft and not as dry. Yeah. But that's I not for like everyone. That. That's just, I've just grown yeah. up in South Africa. I've grown up no, eating that. That's like so. The thing. So going back to like the calorie counting, mm. I think that. 
<laughs> was that natural? <laughs> mm. Um, mm, mm, yes, that. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people that you see on like mm. social media, and some of them are influencers. Some of them are carnivore, like, you know, people look up to them, and it kind of bums me out because I think that it gives a reputation to carnivores or people that were doing something super extreme mm. because it kind of has like this obsessive extreme look to it when really like I am the laziest person ever. That's what I say. Like That's I am, this I is, this is, I do this diet cause I'm lazy. Yeah. Like I think it gets the wrong rep of people being like, Oh, I have to record everything. Like, Oh my God, this person is like, Oh, you can only use one teaspoon of butter like to cook your steak and yeah. i'm like you can only have a, I'm like, a palm full of butter or meat a day that's your <laughs> like, that's your ration no, yeah so i'm just saying like there's people out there that probably like give a bad rep to the carnivore community that it's just this really extreme things mm-hmm. when like really there's people out there that are plant-based right most yeah. of their diet is like plants and then they probably supplement with other things yeah and that's kind of how i view us is that we're meat-based and then there's other things like sometimes we'll have cream or sometimes yeah. like I still we drink coffee. And I mean, like, we, I mean, I'm obviously this is the first show and we're going to get into so much more and I can't wait totally. for it. But exactly what you said there, like we eventually we're going to touch on like alcohol, you know, because yeah. I think we very normal in a sense where we do occasionally go out yeah. and enjoy ourselves. And, you know, there's, there's an element of practicality to what we do that's mm-hmm. not limited to carnival, which is what I enjoy. Yeah. And I think the more we can shed light on the fact that you can live, work, eat, sleep, have a relationship, yeah. have dogs, whatever, yeah. and be carnivore. You don't. Oh, you, you can don't, move to Europe. You can as a move carnivore. to fucking Europe <laughs> and be carnivore. And be carnivore, <laughs> which again, yeah. I mean, we're gonna get into so much. We're gonna get into. Yeah the intricacies of where to buy the best meats. If you're living in Europe or Netherlands, traveling here, what are your, like, what is yeah. Nicole's travel hacks, you know, for, for carnival and stuff? Um, there's going to be so much, and, and I really can't wait to to get into it. Um, is there anything else that you want to add? No, I just think there's more to come, and we'll try to get these out as much as we can to kind of unpack the different... Uh, areas of this meat-based living and <laughs> yeah. the good and the bad i guess oh yes oh yes yeah yeah All well right, cool. i thoroughly enjoyed today's yeah. first episode we, we still thinking of a name but we'll get to it yeah. hopefully it's up in the description by now yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably, probably pretty, pretty accurate, accurate. Or, or i don't know, I don't know. I, there's, so there's so many things, things. yes yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. So. cool <laughs> until next time <laughs>